Hey, Herman. What's up, Jake? Just had an interesting thought. What's that? Well, remember in high school when we had guidance counselors who helped us get ready for college? Mm-hmm. And then, remember in college, we had advisors and professors who kind of did the same thing, but instead they prepared us for, like, the real working world after college. Yeah. Well, don't you wish we kind of had something like that after we finished school? Yes. Three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Hey, everyone. How's it going today? We have a wonderful guest today. Another guest? This is great. We should keep it up. I know. Uh, Another interview for Life After College, uh, episode 12? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So many we've lost track already. (laughs) Uh, I'd like to introduce to the studio Mrs. Amanda Medzinski. Hey, guys. (laughs) We'll put another audience roar there. Yeah. That, (laughs) That, again, is totally real. They're all here. Yeah. This is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just kidding. That we're paying to be here. Anyway, uh, uh, Amanda Mazinski is here uh, to talk about her experience of basically transitioning from college into uh, her professional career and some of the challenges she faced, uh, both uh, personally as well as in the um I guess, the uh, workforce yeah the workforce at the time uh in uh which was about 10 years ago now yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh it it was uh it, it was a difficult time we'll get into that a little bit exactly why it was such a difficult time and Amanda's Jake's wife oh, thanks yeah. herman <laughs> you're welcome there's that cats out of the bag now yeah Hi, honey. Hey. <laughs> She's also my friend. Oh, yeah. True. We're, we're all friends. We're all friends. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, Amanda and I have been married for almost six years now. What? Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> have you started saving up for your 10-year anniversary? N- no. <laughs> we're going to Poland this summer, though, so. Yeah. Oh, cool. There's that. If anyone wants to join us, you know, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's also the whole house thing and yeah, we're, we're, (laughs) we've, we're pretty laid back on our anniversary dates. We just go get ice cream or something. Mm -hmm. It's good. Exchange a present. Good. We're, we're simpletons that way. Well, I'm excited (laughs) to learn more about your journey, Amanda. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jake, go ahead. You, Jake's got some questions here. Yeah, let's let's start. Uh, let's start in the beginning. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> can you talk to us about kind of your childhood interests? Kind of what you what you did as a kid. That uh, wait before we get into that. Sure. Because if I'm listening to this, I'm like, well, like, why is she here? Oh, like, yeah. What are, you uh, what, uh, are you a big deal <laughs> or something? Well, <laughs> you are a big deal. But can you tell us what you do now? Yeah. Just so people can understand like, That's a good one. where Thank you're coming you. from. Um, I knew I was so, missing something. So right now I work for an accounting firm um, in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, I am not an accountant, nor do I desire to be. Um, but she loves math. I do. I do. Um, my. Nerd. 
Stop it. <laughs> he's been calling me a nerd all morning. It's because he's jealous, Amanda. I guess that's, yeah, that's it's it. That's like, think be. of all the movies you've ever watched <laughs> where people like call the other person a nerd. It's because they, they want to be them. Yeah. Exactly. Or they um, like them. Also true. <laughs> Both true. Um, so I graduated with a degree in education and math. Um, and the math degree is definitely being put to use now. Um, I work on the, in the back office of our accounting firm um, doing basic systems analysis, data analysis. Um, I'm going to be heading up our um, like applications team cool. in our technology space. So uh, making sure that all of our the tools we're using are integrating correctly, that data looks right, um, working with our executives, um, and making decisions about how things should be set up to gather data necessary to capture certain points, make sure we're, you know, we're looking at the right um, KPIs and like that when we're evaluating our firm and performance. What's KPI? Key performance indicator. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> That's okay. I'm not industry, <clears throat> accounting um, industry mm. familiar. So, it, and yeah, so they vary by industry and whatever, but it's what are the key um the key measures that can tell you um, whether your company is performing well or um, there's work to be done. So I handle a, a lot of the reporting and um, yeah, I guess it's it's a lot of hats and I do a lot with um, Salesforce as well. That's kind of my main um, system that I work with. Cool. So it, it's safe to say you work with a lot of different levels in your company? Like top to bottom, mostly man like mostly management and executives. Okay, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess I manage. I have one soon to be two people that I manage as well. So, I guess yeah, yeah, that's good though. Yeah, because today we want to talk about flexibility as well. Yeah, <laughs> so that's important. And you also do a lot of outside work with uh, Salesforce, meaning it's mm-hmm. not directly related to work, but. You're also, you also don't work for Salesforce. Correct. Can you? Mm, is it a good time to explain? Yeah. That, yeah. What What exactly does that involve? Yeah. So, Salesforce is. I'm sure most people have at least heard of it. Um, it's a customer relationship management tool, sales tool. It's kind of the top one um, out in the market for. Um, CRM or customer relationship management systems. It's like you like salespeople, marketing mm-hmm. people, everyone marketing, uses yep. To yep. Keep even track service, of their people. like people who are doing customer service might use it as well. So the basic idea is that it provides a central location for all customer data um, so that people from all different areas of a company can see the same data when they're talking about a customer. Um, a salesperson can log in and see, oh, this person put a ticket in last week because they had an issue with. Uh, they couldn't log into something, and mm-hmm. it was like it was broken. So that when that salesperson calls the customer, um, they're not like, "Oh, so you've been having a great time using our product lately." They know already mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, so the customer it makes your customers feel more known, I guess. Yeah. Um, so we've been using Salesforce at Wolf for about for ten years, um, but I've only been using it for the last probably four. Um, my boss approached me one day and said, I was an administrative assistant at the time, and he said, we need someone to make Salesforce work, and I think you can do it. Nice. Okay. That's <laughs> heavy. <laughs> um, 
and I had kind of logged in before but didn't really know what it was. So um, I did a lot of training on my own, um, trying to figure out how to um, make it work for the firm better. And so we're four years down that road. We're in a much better place. Um, For the last two-ish years, I've been helping run the Boston user group. So we try to get Salesforce users in the Boston area together about quarterly. Um, We'll usually present some content on maybe a new release or new features that are coming out or how to better use this thing that already exists um, and give people a chance to chat together about problems that they're all having. We call it admin therapy. Um, cause they're able to talk about, oh, people just don't put data in right. And what do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's a problem everybody runs into and it, we found it helps people to feel like they're not alone. They're not the only Salesforce admin who's facing users putting in incorrect data. Yeah. Um, in fact, everybody faces that same problem. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's all outside of Wolf, but, um, Wolf really recognizes that it's um, a leadership opportunity for me, and they fully support it, and they see it a little bit as a BD opportunity for them as well. So it's great. What's BD? Business development. Okay. <laughs> you and your acronyms. Well, I no, didn't realize it's... how acronymy I was until right now. Yeah. Well, I'll ask. I'm not ashamed. Do it. Uh, Please um, do. But we're just a warning for everyone listening. A lot of business buzzwords today. Mm. Sorry. Buzzwords. It's okay. They need to learn, you know? That's true. <laughs> so do we. So do I. <laughs> I know some. I was in it for a little bit, but. Yeah. <laughs> you guys should, they should do a Salesforce, like, goat yoga retreat. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That'd be awesome. No, thank you. Yeah. I have no interest in goat yoga. None? I just don't. I, uh... Have you seen the Kevin Hart? Have you ever seen his YouTube videos? He has a thing called What the Fit. I haven't seen that, no. There's one where he does goat yoga. Oh, I need to watch that. Should, yeah. <laughs> so you can see it's really funny. Good. He also does beer yoga. Ooh. Oh, that yeah. would not go well. Oh, I'm, I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, you need to get like Remember Jake's that time that you had yogurt and went to hot yoga and you were miserable? I feel like you have that same experience <laughs> yeah, with beer. Call Inside it, scoop. Call, it, call it hot yogurt. <laughs> it's gross. It doesn't sound good. No. It's not. It wasn't good at all. <laughs> when did you do hot yoga? Oh. It was a long time ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was that the one you complained about your hamstring? Probably. Mm, I think I, I think I busted my hip flexors that time. Okay. But that was that was right after college when I was in my first teaching job. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, Let's get Amanda, into it. Yeah. Now I'm ready to hear about yeah. my childhood. Now back to childhood. <laughs> yeah. When when you were a little girl, um, what were you? What were you like as a kid? Um, oh, my um, goodness. Your your family tells me all about it, but... You yeah. tell us. Yeah. I was super curious. I wanted to do all of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and... 90s wanted, kid? 90s kid, yep. I wanted to be involved in all of the things, not just, like, watching from the sidelines. I wanted to be doing the things. Um, I started... Piano lessons in, like, kindergarten, probably. Nice. Same. And... Me too, I think. Yeah? Yeah. So, piano lessons in kindergarten. I did soccer for two years and then decided it wasn't for me. (laughs) Why? Well, 
A, I don't, I'm not super coordinated. (laughs) (laughs) And B, there was one time where I accidentally kicked the ball into the other team's goal and my coach like screamed and yelled at me. And I was like, I'm done. Bye. Like, (laughs) into your own goal or the other team's goal? Oh, I made a goal for the other team. Oh, okay. (laughs) So it was an own goal. In my own goal. (laughs) Okay. But I was in kindergarten. Come on. Yeah. Um, you probably needed glasses already, and I probably did. I didn't get glasses till fourth grade, but I probably I needed them for a long time. Um, so piano, soccer. Then I did started karate. Um, I did gymnastics for a little bit in there, which I really liked, but I didn't. I, that karate crazy? was like the more karate is what I did from first grade through some point in high school. I can't tell you when now. Um, but that was like the one thing I did for that was like the mainstay through all of my childhood. Um, and then fourth grade, when we could start playing instruments, I started taking flute lessons. And then I started taking voice lessons. And then my mom looked at me and was like, something's got to go. Oh. And I was like, bye, piano. I'll do <laughs> flute and voice. Um, and so I think music was one of the biggies um, for me growing up because I'd from the time I started piano lessons up until college, I was taking music lessons of some sort, uh, whether it be piano, voice, or flute. So, mm. yeah, I always wanted, I asked a lot of questions. One of the things that you'll hear my my family will <laughs> constantly, uh, still to this day, pick on me for is I would was constantly asking questions or wanting to know, but why? But why is it like that? I just I was super curious. I just wanted to know everything. <laughs> I encourage that. <laughs> I think it's great to ask questions. Yeah. And, yeah. Cuz now you know, whereas you wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. Just requires patience from from the family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was the yeah. <laughs> so, I just want all our listeners to understand my wife took karate and is a complete badass. So, <laughs> watch yourselves, all right? <laughs> Um, so it sounds like you had a very some very strong support systems in your life, whether it was from family or just your community, mm-hmm. uh, in order to do all these things. Can you talk about the different um, different roles that people played in, uh, wh- whether it was in your li- in your family or or the community? Like where where did these come from? Yeah, I think growing up, uh, my family was a huge support system. Um, we lived. Um, I hey, grew up. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Syracuse, New York, um, and so my mom's family was all fairly local. Um, and then my dad's family, most of them were within an hour, um, probably of where we lived. So most most of my family was close by, um, and my grandmother, my mom's mom, actually lived with us growing up um, because she would babysit me before and after school um, when my parents would go to work, which was, I mean, to have that level of relationship with um, your grandparents, I think, makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. Um, So So wisdom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think family was huge growing up. We were all super close. We would, you know, every holiday or birthday or whatever, we'd all get together. Um, 
kind of miss that being out here, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. We've got Jake's family. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, stop it. <laughs> um, and then I think in college, I had a core group of friends um, that kind of solidified freshman year. We all lived, actually, none of us, oh no, two of us lived in the same room. But there's five of us that are still really close. Um, and we lived in kind of a square um, our freshman year and in four different rooms. So two of them lived together, and then there were three of us in other rooms. But the the five of us stayed pretty close throughout college, and we actually all lived together our senior year. Um, and I still am really close with those girls. Um, I think just having people that have seen you go through so many ups and downs um mm-hmm. even now like I could call them up and we could we might not have talked in the last month but we could start a conversation and um actually go deep pretty quickly which I really appreciate having that that's rare yeah yeah not a lot of people have that yeah and then I think church too being I started going to um one church here in the area my sophomore year of college and it's still the church we attend today um so that community has really surrounded me through some tough times and so um just having people especially here when my family's so far away that um that feel like family has been incredible that's awesome yeah and amanda went to the same school as me and jake mm-hmm. jake and i um but she graduated before we could become friends at school. <laughs> yeah. But then we became before friends I even after. knew who you guys were. <laughs> yeah. Amanda, we lived in the same dorm together at one point and you I had a boyfriend, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well Well, I noticed you. Sloan study wins the race. Did you? Yeah. You did not. <laughs> I don't remember. See? <laughs> he tries to play a game. He has no idea. That whole year That's was funny. a blur. We'll have to do a relationship podcast. I don't want to be on that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we get, we get, we've had the music ready for that one for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's so, a good one. Um, There's like a little song that's online. that It's yeah. a great theme song. Should, okay. should we sing it? No. No. <laughs> so it sounds like when you were a child, if you didn't, like for soccer, and you didn't want to mm-hmm. put up with the coach's you know, crap, you, you you were you were done with it and it's so it seems it sounds like you you kind of knew what you wanted to do and you had a good idea of what you were good at and um you you knew things you weren't necessarily strong at so you talk about you know how you dealt with things that you weren't good at at least Compare from when you were younger to today? Yeah, when I was younger, I just stopped doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Today, for some things, that might still be the case. Um, But for things um, like, for instance, for some work stuff, I, you know, I mentioned earlier, I was a math major. Math and numbers are the place that I live. They are my comfort zone. It's what I'm good at, um, but I'm finding more and more in work that I need to, um, or actually in school, because I got my master's degree um, in data analytics last, I finished last summer, 
Um, even that having to go back to writing. I hate writing. <laughs> it's really, I was never a good writer. I never enjoyed it. Um, so creative writing to me, like the whole fiction thing, nope, not for me. Uh, I live in such a, a concrete world that that is so outside of my comfort zone. Okay. Um, concrete jungle. Right. My world yeah. is jelly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, but even just like writing a paper about data governance and why it's important in school was just like, oh, this is going to be the worst thing ever. <laughs> it takes so long. Um, Do you find you have trouble expressing yourself in words? Like you know things like in your brain, but getting them out and then typing them? It seems to be more difficult when I have to write them down. Okay. Um, when I can speak and they're not going to be on paper for someone to reference later, yeah. I don't feel as um, anxious, maybe, about what I'm I'm like saying putting exactly down. Yeah, right, right. Getting things exactly correctly. Um, but I definitely, even speaking, sometimes I have to. I like I like to be prepared going into <laughs> certain things. Um, I think I've gotten more comfortable with that in the last probably five years just and I don't know if that's an age thing getting more comfortable in my skin um more comfortable in who I am or um just confidence building because I know I'm good at what I do and I know what I'm talking about mm -hmm. um so just having that confidence backing me up I, th I think has changed things um you're but, pretty smart <laughs> mm. yeah I guess <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> you are, but come on. Um, so I think when I was younger, I you know I was the more immature, like I'm not gonna this, then I don't want to do it, so I'm done. Mm -hmm. Whereas now it's more okay, I don't want to do this, but kind of I have to because it's my job, mm -hmm. or I'm gonna fail this class. Um, it's just that like perseverance, I guess, of being like, well, here we go. It's uh -huh. not going to be fun. I'm going to hate it. But at the end of the day, I can go read a book or get myself some ice cream and feel better about my life. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like a long distance run? Kind of. Yeah. 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 Because there's a part in the middle where you just really want to give up and turn around. But yeah, you just got to keep going. Yeah. We've talked about how we split things up mentally like before. Where you tell yourself, all right, just like if if you have five miles, you're like, mm -hmm. all right, let's just do a mile. Mm -hmm. And you're like, all right, if I do, I'm like, I'm almost halfway there. Like, let's just keep going. And then yeah. Do that. Well, and it's Jake and I, I used to tell Jake this when um, I was training more heavily uh, running. Um, that if I was like, if my workout was to do eight, 800 uh, meter repeats, I'd have to tell myself after two. Okay, I'm a quarter of the way done. I'm a quarter of the way done. I can do this. I can do it. And then halfway, like, oh, okay, okay, I'm halfway done, halfway done. But I had to like pump myself up the entire time, <laughs> like with each one that I did, because otherwise I was just like, this is so long and I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so fast and I don't want to move. Especially around an oval where, where you're nothing just, changes. Yeah. <laughs> but the, I use that in life a lot and even in work mm -hmm. since we've talked about that. So, listeners, that's a good tip. Give it a yeah. try. Mm. Split it up. Yeah. 
All right, Amanda. All right, Jacob. Uh, yeah, we'll edit that. <laughs> get get him out now. There you go. So can you do the thing where you click your tongue, but it's really loud? I'm like that thing. Some people can make it sound like a real. Oh, knock. like a like a snap. But like louder. <laughs> We're definitely gonna edit that out. Man. All right. All right, Amanda, you are in your junior slash senior year of high school. You're getting ready for college. What's going on in your head? What are you thinking about? What are you considering in college? What are your plans and expectations for college? So junior year was all about taking all the tests so SATs, ACTs, all that, um, which actually wasn't that terrible. Um, because you, you I'm a good, good test. Yeah. I'm a good test taker. Um, good. It it good serves me well. Sometimes it makes me overconfident. <laughs> In college, I learned very quickly that it was not test taking was not going to be quite the same. Mm-hmm. I, I was um, hoping you'd touch upon that. You, the difference between learning and st- studying in high school mm-hmm. versus college. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely hit, talk about that after. Um, so junior, senior year, at that point, I knew I wanted to go to a Christian school, um, but I wasn't sure which one. There were a couple that I was looking at at the time. Um, one was Roberts Wesleyan, which is in Rochester, New York. One is was Messiah College down in somewhere in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, and then Gordon College here in Massachusetts. Do the people know where you went to college? Probably. I don't okay. know. It doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> was they Gordon- could figure it out yeah, probably I mean, yeah. <laughs> if they wanted to. So the other one was Gordon College here in Massachusetts. And you wanted – you were looking at Christian colleges because of the your experience and just the support and – the life you had within the church growing up. Right? Yeah, I think so. I think also I was, I don't know that I completely trusted myself to <laughs> to go to um, a state school. I think I was a little bit afraid of um, just the, not. The influences. Yeah, yeah. And the truth comes out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but my, my high school counselor, my freshman through junior year had been one of my friend's moms um and then she retired my junior year so I had a new counselor my senior year which I was not happy about but that's okay we (laughs) made it through um and I I told her you know she she really didn't know anything about me she didn't know me at all um so we had been talking about schools I only actually heard of Gordon because my prior counselor had mentioned it um otherwise I would never have even known that it existed Mm -hmm. um and i remember telling her i wanted to apply to one of the state schools in new york as kind of a um like a backup just to see what happened safety school yeah and she was like oh i wouldn't consider that a safety school and i was like what screw you lady i'm getting in yeah (laughs) what a jerk i know so i thought it was too too high level or something or she yeah I guess she thought that it it she wouldn't have qualified it as a safety school it 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 it's it was not 
it is one of the better. What it's is like it? up there, Geneseo, SUNY Geneseo. It's up there on uh, the like. That, that if you look sound at, like English. <laughs> SUNY State University of New York. Okay. Geneseo. Geneseo. Mm-hmm. Let's say that slower and spell it or spell it. G E N E S E O. Geneseo. Uh, is it like? Is that Greek? No, it's a place. Okay, it's in Geneseo, <laughs> New it's York. A place. <laughs> it's in Geneseo, New York. No. And I didn't know if there was Geneseo, New York. Yeah. It's like in... Geneseo, France. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is in Geneseo, New York. Oh. I know it's a. Um... That's the location. I'm just gonna open this cliff bar right now because I'm starving. It's out west of where I was living. It's west of Syracuse. I know that, but I don't know exactly where it is. Okay. But why is it so, um, why did she think it was so good or too good to be a safety school? So, uh, like, on the ranking of, like, state universities in New York, it's one of the, like, top couple as far as, um, like, rigor and all of that. Okay. So I think she just didn't think that was a thing. Okay. Did she see your grades? She did. Um, I just feel like I need to throw this in here because I was do it thirty first. I was ranked thirty one in a class of six hundred. So nice. My one of my best friends was thirty, and I hated him <laughs> for it for a long time. <laughs> would you hate him if he was twenty nine? No, because then I would have made top top um five percent. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um. So I think to me, I was just like, are you kidding me, lady? Like, <laughs> watch this. Yeah. Um, and I also wanted to see, I knew going to a Christian school, the cost was going to be significantly different. So I just kind of wanted to get an idea of if I did go to a state school, what would the cost be? But I don't, I never actually really, it was never, in my mind, it was never, I was really considering going there. It was just testing the waters kind of a thing, mm-hmm. which I could have gone to school for like $5,000 a year, so... Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm still Not paying anymore. my student loans. Yeah. <laughs> I think about that. $5,000 <laughs> a month. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's probably what it would take to get, <laughs> put a dent. So where is I going with that? What was well, I thinking Jake about Jake was school? asking okay. about where you were. And, yeah. But I didn't really decide on where I wanted to go. I visited. I think I got pretty similar scholarships from Gordon and Messiah. So it was kind of a toss-up there. I decided I didn't want to go to Roberts Wesleyan because it was too close to home. Mm-hmm. Um, an hour and a half away wasn't far enough. I wanted to get a little... I wanted to get far enough away that I couldn't just go home for a weekend because I kind of wanted to step out and do my own thing. Um, and I visited Gordon and absolutely fell in love with the college. And my mom would say she knew... Because it was the first place where I wanted to buy like apparel... Mm-hmm. So she, even though I didn't like make a decision uh-huh. then, she's like, I knew. She's like, it's the first one we went to. You wanted a, a I thought I still have a pair of like sweatpants. Pants. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well. Did that answer your question? It did. Um, then. Should I talk? Because I also had no idea what I wanted to do at that point. Yeah. Career wise. I, I was curious about that. Well, before, before you get into that, you wanted to. You just said you wanted to be far enough away where you uh, couldn't go home for the weekend or whatever. 
but let's make it clear that you weren't like on bad terms with your family. Oh no, not at all, not at all. Just you, you had been in the same place your entire life, mm-hmm. which I mean, we all kind of have been, but you felt like is that was just how you felt. You mm-hmm. wanted to experience life on your own, right? Yep. Is there a reason why you just, or was that same curious spirit? I've never really thought about that. Mm. <laughs> That's why we're here, man. I feel like I need to talk to my counselor about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've never really thought about why. Potentially the curiosity. I also have always loved the ocean, so oh. that might be part of it too. Uh, Syracuse oh. doesn't have a coast. <laughs> I mean, technically, we do have a lake. Mm, I love one. lakes. I'm just gonna say that you can't swim in this one oh. or <laughs> eat anything out of it, and it kind of smells in the summer. <laughs> okay, so, that's not a lake. Yeah, it's a lake, it's like a sewage depository. <laughs> I mean, it was for like years and years and years, which is why it's so well, nasty now. Yeah. It's getting better. Okay. Lake stinky. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, all right. So, what, uh, oh, yeah, you, did, you weren't sure what you wanted to do, mm-hmm. but, or when did you decide on your major or your path? So, I, when I was, you know how when you're like applying to schools, you have to fill out like what you're interested in or what you mm-hmm. think you might be interested in. So, in all of that, I put, chemistry and education because I really in school I loved chemistry was like one of my favorite classes I was really good at it I think it's the whole you it's um you know with labs and stuff like that it's constantly an opportunity to explore um it was fulfilling that curious streak in me um and I'd always kind of liked the idea of being a teacher um from the time when I like I I used to play school with my cousins when I was little so <laughs> and I was always the teacher <laughs> I was just gonna say <laughs> let me guess you're always the teacher. uh-huh yeah. yep um so I was trying to put both of those together um but when I got to school when I got to Gordon I so I entered initially with a chem and ed major Double major? Double major. As an ed major at Gordon, you have to double major. You have mm-hmm. to have a second um, concentration. concentration. Like, um, um, what do they call it? Content area or whatever. So mm-hmm. math, English, chem, bio, any of those. Um, and I very quickly realized that with all of the labs that are involved, with being a science major, I would have to stay for at least another half year, potentially year. And I was like, nope, nope. can't no. do that. Mm. So I started thinking about other potential options. Um, and while I love reading, like I said earlier, I hated writing. Um, so English didn't seem like a great choice. Mm-hmm. And history, for the same reasons, didn't seem like a great choice. So. It was one of those things where I'm like, well, I'm really good at math. It's always come easy to me. I'll just do that. Um, And that is about as much thought went into that (laughs) decision. Um, And so I ended up with a double major in math and ed. Um, Mm -hmm. There. (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah. I tried to double major in business and music and then – I was like, no, <laughs> 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 I don't want to do this. This is 
I didn't have a choice. Like I had to. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't have to do that. Music education was just was its own major. So if I had well, to, I mean, in theory, you're you are doing a double because you're doing education and music. They just call yeah. it one thing. Yeah, but they, um, because it's combined, they they combine some of the, the the two parts together instead of having to take them separately. Mm-hmm. Um, and you potentially, I you know, I could have done it in four years. I wasn't an idiot. Buddy. <laughs> um, did you uh, did you take organic chemistry um, before college? Because I hear that's like one of the hardest oh, things ever in the world. Oh yeah, that's like one of the, the worst world. things in the world. I did Why? not. I just took like high school know. chemistry. Why is organic chemistry hard? I don't know. I, I've just heard that. <laughs> so yeah. you guys have no. Nope. But <laughs> from I've all heard, of my I've friends, heard it multiple like times. all of my friends who have gone to med school or mm-hmm. like done any of that have said OCHEM is the worst. All right. Well, uh, listeners, if you guys understand or know why, can you just like email us? Yeah. Life College Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. We, just, we don't want to Google it, it. It's taking everything in me not to Google why is OCHEM so <laughs> bad right now. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. as far as I know, it's, it's like the easiest subject in chemistry, but they tell everyone when they're done to tell everyone else that it's really hard. <laughs> so no one else does it. Psych them out. <laughs> that's, that's just as provable. <laughs> All right, Mrs. Madzinski. Oh, my gosh. Stop or, calling or, me that. Or at the time, Ms. Cook. Mm-hmm. You're in college. What's going on in life? How, how are you handling it? How is... How is freshman and sophomore, junior year going? Yeah, I would say freshman year was a little bit of a slap in the face. <laughs> um, in high school, I didn't have to study a ton. Um, I, especially with like history and that kind of thing, I just would look over my notes and kind of remember dates and all of that when it came to exams. Um, not that I didn't study, I just didn't, I would only study for when an exam was coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably not that much. In college, I very quickly realized that that was no longer going to be the way of things. Um, not because the content was necessary. I mean, the content was harder, but I think it was just a lot more information packed into um, classes. And so I just... Um, I found out, I realized after first semester that I was going to have to suck it up and put a lot more effort in. Um, I took, I think it was my first semester, my freshman year, I took, I also took my least favorite class of all time. And I will never in my life do anything like that again was philosophy, which was required Mm. by Gordon. Mm. That's why your life is concrete and mine is jello, Mm -hmm. because I loved philosophy. Mm -hmm. I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle this is why I really like math, because there's yeah. always a right answer. There might be multiple ways to get to the right answer, but there's an at the end of the day, there's an answer. Yeah. Philosophy was way too heady and way too, I just, I couldn't handle it. For, for a girl that grew up asking why, but why? <laughs> I figured. But you I know. ask why because I know there's a reason. There's a yeah. there's an answer at the end of the day. I, because no, she needs to build the concrete structure yeah. to define that thing. Mm-hmm. But she then she couldn't live with the unknown. Mm-hmm. Which philosophy is just like thinking for thinking's sake sometimes. Mm. Which seems which like I such loved. a waste of time to me. <laughs> but, but to me, to me that meant like any answer is the right answer. And I was just like, <laughs> and great, I, I can give you like that. 25 right answers right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can't handle that. Yeah. What, what's two plus two? 
purple. <laughs> why? But why? I so <laughs> I will say fresh, freshman year, first semester was tough. After that, it got um, a lot better. I kind of found my groove. I also got done with the core classes that I didn't really care for. Mm-hmm. And I was taking mostly math and ed classes, which was a lot better. So I've always wondered why college is because my impression of college was that it was going to be like only the stuff that I liked to do. And then I got there and I was like, like another three years of not doing what I like to do. So I wonder, I've always wondered why colleges don't just. Well, it depends on where you go. Like Gordon is a liberal arts school. So you're going to have to take all those core classes to get that liberal arts degree. Mm -hmm. And a lot of schools that, you know, Mm -hmm. that won't be the case necessarily. That's true. Something to consider when looking at colleges. True. Listeners. Mm -hmm. Very true. Yeah. Uh, and I assume you started developing um, a core group of friends or maybe weeding out some people. That, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny look on your face. Um, I always have a funny look. Yeah, I, I think I had a core group. Like I said earlier, the the five girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, four, because I'm five. <laughs> I'm realizing um, that I'm really close with. Um that kind of started freshman year, but I I think really solidified itself senior year when we all lived together. Even though we would get on each other's nerves when it came to housekeeping stuff occasionally. Well, you, you're barely adults. And you put six 20, 21-year-olds in an apartment, and sounds, <laughs> you got to expect that. Oh, sounds like a headache. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so... Let's. Uh, oh, yeah. I want to know this. Yeah. Jake wrote down a question. Go for it. Um. So in college, or as you, you know, just growing up, how did has your personality changed, or like how have you developed? Would you say? Hmm. Because people listening might be yeah. in college or after college, and I don't know. Yeah. Everyone changes, so. I think. Um, I don't know if it's just a getting older thing. I think I was way more extroverted, um, even through college. Um, I didn't want to just sit in my room and read a book necessarily. I wanted to be with people and doing things and um, hang out with friends all the time, whereas now on a Friday after work, like last night, Jake didn't get home till he worked late last night. And so I was at home on the couch with the dog by myself, and I was like, yeah. This is the best <laughs> Friday night ever. <laughs> yeah. um, so I don't know if that's just an age thing or a tired thing. <laughs> or a technology thing, maybe. Or a technology thing. Yeah, that's true, because we're just on so much now mm-hmm. in front of screens. Um, so I think I've definitely gotten more low-key that way. Like, I... I would say when I was younger, I wanted to be the center of attention a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Would you say that I've changed? Yes. Okay. Are you? Do you actually mean that? That was a leading question for the witness. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dear. But do you, you should think, have said I plead the fifth, Jake. Do you think I was more like that when we first met? I think I probably was. More center of attention? Yeah. I mean, slightly more, but you weren't like, look at me, look at me. I'm cute and... You know, yeah, because you wouldn't have liked me if I was. 
Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Jake and I have had conversations about how we would not have gotten along in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I still would have stared at you down the hall. <laughs> That's but funny. That's that's yeah. for that's for a different podcast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Did that answer your question? Yeah, I think I so. I think I'm still just as curious as I was. I think it's a lot easier to get answers now because of our good friend, the Google. Mm-hmm. But um, so I, but I think, as far as like interacting with people, I'm a lot more low key than I used to be, which is potentially just getting older i think yeah and at the same time probably more mature when it comes to dealing with difficulties or things you might not be good at mm-hmm. like you said you some of them you have to right. just do um and even the ones that you don't have to it's kind of like uh, I, sh- I should get i should get through this or get better mm-hmm. at this or whatever um not not because it's necessary but because i just should mm-hmm. to better my life yeah. yeah. Or my husband's life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I just rolled my eyes for all of you <laughs> listeners out there. It doesn't translate well in radio. That's why I had to tell them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we can edit this next part out and you don't have to talk about it. Kay. But I, I am really curious about um your mom passing. Yeah. And that on your life. I um, think so do you wanna we can put it in um in context in regards to college and then I can do that. Yeah. yeah. Um so let's see. Um so I think yeah, one of the biggest challenges I faced in my life has been my mom passing away. Um I was a senior in college about a month from graduating. Um and she had had a tumor um, and had to get surgery and never came out of surgery. So um, it was fairly surprising, um, sudden. I was in the middle of student teaching at the time. So there's definitely a big part of me that wonders if that's part of the reason I had no desire to teach um, after I graduated because um, you deal with trauma or something like that. And Potentially somehow those two were connected yeah. in my mind. Where was the tumor? Um, it was actually on her. It was near her heart. Um, it yeah. was on her. It was actually on her aorta, which they didn't know when they when they started surgery. Um, but they found out once they did it. So, um, and I think it is one of the. The ways I have, or one of the things that's happened in my life where I've seen people just like surround you. Um, I, I remember I had friends, um, not the girls that I lived with at the time, but my aunt and uncle happened to be here visiting my cousin who lived in Boston um, when everything happened. And so they were going to drive me. And this this is just so my personality. I'm on the phone with my dad talking to him and I'm saying... He's like, okay, just come home with, with Uncle John and Nanny Nan. I'm like, no, no, I'll be, Dad, I can drive. I'll be fine. He's like, Amanda. And when he calls me Amanda and not Mandy, I know, like, he means business. Yeah. Like, just ride with them and we'll figure out how to get you back. I'm like, 
but I could I can totally drive myself. I'll be fine. And he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Will you just shut up and yeah. let them drive you home? Um, but I hate packing. I always have. I, I've, I get anxious about forgetting things, which is dumb because if I forget my toothbrush, I can go to CVS and get another one for two bucks. Like mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. Um that's something I've come to realize in my later years that it's not <laughs> it's not the end of the world if you forget something. Yeah. Um, like the time I went to San Francisco and realized I didn't bring a hair dryer and there wasn't one at the hotel, so I had to go buy one from Target. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I had friends um, who just they they were wonderful. They knew me, um, and they were like, "So you're leaving tonight?" I was like, "Yes." Like, what, okay. what what friends? Sorry, um, my friends. Because um, you said it wasn't your close. It was my close friends. It was um, not the girls I live with. It was a couple of guys that were um, I was really close with, um, and they were like, "So we're gonna come pack your bag." Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like throwing clothes, and they're all helping like put things into bags and just like get get everything ready because I didn't know at that point. I didn't really have a good understanding of how long I would be gone or when I'd be coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, what was kind of a blessing when it all happened was it was the week before April vacation. So I had a week. I only had to take a week off of student teaching because the next week I was going to be off anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, which looking back on that, I don't think that like the timing of it, it's never going to be like, obviously it's not great. Yeah, it's but not um, right. the fact that I didn't really have to worry about missing student teaching and um, having time. to make up that time was huge. Um, but the, my community of friends surrounding me, my community um, of people back home, like my church family surrounding me, and then also my church family here. Um, I was in a small group at the time. Mostly I, I lead worship at our church. And so most of the, um, I was in a small group of other people on the worship team at the time. Um, and that was one of the places where I felt, um, like in that group of people so safe. Um, and even just talking with them, it was one of the places where I felt like I didn't have to be okay. I didn't have to put on this, like, everything's great and I'm feeling wonderful and it's going to be okay. I could just, um, be okay with the fact that I wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. and admit that and cry and it was um exactly what i needed then so so in uh learn because i'm learning a lot about you too and i really appreciate you opening being open to talking about this yeah it's not um, easy yeah and um in the in a world you live in that's so concrete and you're so curious um how did this affect you how does this like yeah um because so much of who you are at this point and especially your age like you're almost done school so yeah. it's like <laughs> it's a, i'm almost done like it's a critical period yeah um how does it change and how like if someone's listening now um you know i guess yeah just say if you could explain how it changed you and maybe what you would say to someone who who could be going something through something similar maybe or like what you know what you would do yeah i think um how did it change me um i think in a way i you know they say um fire 
refining by fire or um, that kind of thing, I think, or iron strengthens iron, like those kinds of things. I think there's definitely a strength that has come out of that Um, because it's kind of like, if I can do this, if I can get through this, I can do anything. Um, I think in a way... I'm more, I feel, I think I was fairly emotional as a kid too. I cried pretty easily. (laughs) (laughs) And I think this definitely changed that because it was kind of like, that's not so bad. Like literally one of the worst things in my life and everything after that didn't seem quite, um, quite as terrible Mm -hmm. when you line it up like. So I didn't get that job. Big deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it helped me to rationalize some of the other stuff that happened later, I guess, and yeah. not be quite so caught up in the emotions of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having people to lean on was huge. And um, people to cry with, people to... Who would just be like, you know what? We just need to go run around and play Frisbee. Let's go. Like, we just need to get out of here. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Um, And having friends who are good about um, not just being with me in the sadness, but also being like, you need to just go smile and laugh. Let's let's just go do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was really good. And who were, I was, you know, there's people, people deal with grief in a lot of different ways. Um. And I was the kind of person that just didn't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to be busy all the time. Yeah. Um, and so I had people around me all the time. Maybe that's part of <laughs> the whole, like, I used to be more or feel like I was more of a people person. But um, I was constantly busy. I was constantly out every night doing things with different people, hanging out with different people. Um, and um, I think having friends that recognize that need and were willing to just go with it and support me mm-hmm. was really helpful. That's awesome. And not, if I wanted to talk about it, they were ready and willing, but not um, forcing the issue. Mm-hmm. So. Um, maybe, maybe briefly, uh, how did it affect your faith? Because mm. there's probably so many people who, I don't know. You know, it could be yeah. just as negative as it could be positive. So I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, when it first happened, I remember, or maybe a couple weeks after, I remember sitting down with our, the pastor of our church, Pastor Tim, and him telling me, you can be angry. Like, that isn't acceptable and actually probably um, not just acceptable, but expected emotion. Like, you will feel angry. Um, and it is okay to be angry with God. It is okay to be angry um, that um, she died. Mm-hmm. And you may not ever understand why. You probably won't. Like, you need to accept that. Um, and it's okay to be angry and ask him. He's like, do it. Cry out. Ask him. Ask him why. You probably won't get an answer. But it's okay to ask a question um, and to scream and rant and be frustrated um, but 
still remembering at the end of the day that we serve a God who loves us and who wants the best for us. Um, and we may not understand how all this is going to play out in the end, but um, knowing that at the end of the day, he still has my my best in mind. Um, so I think having those conversations with him out, you know, up front were really helpful in shaping the way I thought about a lot of that as I processed through it. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And I will, I mean, there are definitely still time when I, um, when I, you know, hear of friends or hear of people who are suffering with sickness or cancer. I mean, I think cancer is definitely the one that gets me the most and, um, they make some miraculous recovery and like they're, you know, they're, they're in remission. And I'm like, there's definitely at those points where I'm like, why them? And why not my mom? Yeah. Um, but those are, I mean, it's not like I'm thinking that every day of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not, uh, it's, that's, I feel like that's expected. Yeah. Through that kind of trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you had, you went through this, you went through this ordeal and it's, uh, left a it's a, left a big I don't know f- footprint in your life mm-hmm. I guess you're you're wrapping up s- college or you're trying to <laughs> and and to move forward um, what uh what's what's going on what's going on in your journey now you, you get back to student teaching yeah um so I got back to student teaching, which if I'm being really honest, I hadn't been loving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I didn't have a, my, the teacher that I was working with was not great. Um, it, it was in the area still, same area? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, she was not super supportive. Um, she had a lot going on in her own life, but, um. There were times when she just left me in the classroom and would be like, here, do this activity and then be gone for an hour. And I was like, but this activity is going to take 20 minutes. And then what do I do? So there was a lot of like, I don't know what's going on or what I'm doing. Um, and I knew it wasn't going well and I was not enjoying it. Um, so it at one point after the after I got back, two of my teachers came, my professors from Gordon came to my classroom one day after school sat me down and had a conversation about how student teaching wasn't going well. I was like, yep, I know that. Um, And they basically said I could still be done. Um, Student teaching at like the normal time, like right after school um, or right right before graduation. Um, I could do that and I could graduate with just a math degree Mm -hmm. or I could continue teaching through the end of the school year under a different student teacher because this obviously wasn't working um and graduate with and as long as things went well graduate with both degrees um so at that point it was more of a stick it to them Mm -hmm. back to my whole screw you i'm doing this kind of a thing yeah um where i don't think I ever really at that point thought I'd wanted to teach, but it was more of a screw you. I'm getting an ed degree because you've gone this far. 
I've gotten this far and you just told me I couldn't yeah. or I potentially can't. So yeah. um, I ended up student teaching through the end of the school, like through the end of June, which. Wow. It's a long. Especially for a college student <laughs> yeah. you're out in like early May. Yeah. yeah. So did you walk and then you kept student teaching mm-hmm. and then. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it was rough. Um, but no different than just going and getting a summer, you know, yeah, a summer yeah. job. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the question? <laughs> Just that transition period where yeah, that was interesting. You had to deal with that, and then yeah, oh, yeah. Well, this kind of segments into what I want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> um, but so you graduated '08, mm-hmm. and um, I wanted to talk about the climate you mm-hmm. were in as well, because you recently went back for an alumni sort of panel thing yeah. to talk about it. And you mentioned um, you were the oldest alumni there, right? No, 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 no. no. I was yeah, talk, old- to, talk to us a little so bit about it. So I went back to Gordon, and they they do this career and calling conference or something. Yeah, career and calling conference um, where they have they didn't do this when we were there. No, uh, yeah. but they have sophomores um, come and they listen to like there's a, it's a whole weekend so there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens but one part of it is there's a bunch of different panels they can go to um i was on the young alumni panel which i just found out you're a young alumni as long as you're within the 10 year range oh okay so my panel was me and then the other three people had graduated in 2016 17 no 15 16 17 okay so very recent Grad like the most recent you could get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I. Well, that's what I meant. You, you were one of the older ones. I was no, because there were people who had. There were like fifty and sixty year olds there, but, but on, on my the on my panel, right? That's what the I young yeah. alumni. Yeah, on the young alumni panel, I was yeah. the oldest person. Um, and so I was, kind of, you know, the other people that I was with were talking about how they, you know. One of them was talking about how he had multiple job offers and like all of this stuff. And I was like, so when I graduated, we were in a recession. And I looked around the room and I was like, how old were these people when that <laughs> happened? Because mm-hmm. their class of what, 2020? 2020, 2020. So they were what? Six years uh, old. Yeah, they had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I looked around, I was like, yeah, so you're all like six or seven? <laughs> <laughs> um, and. The it's interesting because I know like I had friends that were struggling to find work and what they actually wanted. Like most people I knew were not getting jobs doing what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Teaching jobs were also tight um, because budgets were tight Mm -hmm. um, because we were in the middle of a recession. Um, And the war. Yeah. Yeah. Most places, you know. Like where I work now, uh, my accounting firm, they weren't necessarily, they were not growing or hiring at the rate that we're growing and hiring now. So um, it was just a struggle. Um, And I ended up nannying because here on the North Shore of Massachusetts, that's a great line of work to get in um, Mm. in the summer, especially um, you've got a lot of families with kids where both parents might work or, you know, we live in one of the wealthier parts of the state. Um, 
So it was one of those things where it's like, well, I've been a babysitter. I can watch kids. This will be fine. <laughs> um, what else am I going to do for the summer anyway? Um, Had you applied to jobs and just like didn't hear Half-heartedly okay. because they were teaching jobs. Because at that point, I didn't really know what else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also tutoring on the side, which quite not, I loved tutoring. Um, that one-on-one relationship with a kid, I was great at. The managing twenty-something kids in front of a classroom, I hated. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I just yeah I couldn't handle that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think I was still trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do or what I should be doing. If I'm not going to teach, what am I going to do? Um. That whole thing was still going. You know, I I hadn't really figured out what was next. Um. So nannying was kind of like a placeholder. Like, well, I can make money and. This is this is a thing I feel comfortable with for now. Yeah. Uh, and I, I want to highlight kind of because um, one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on as well was that panel that you spoke mm-hmm. about because entering work, I started working in like 2011. So things had really like settled down recession wise and Somewhat. all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't nearly as difficult. Not only that, but like the housing crash, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot happened in 08 that just had been bubbling up to the surface for a long time. Yeah. Um. So, and I really believe that you learn, you don't learn like, the, the, I don't know the panelists that you were speaking with, but it sounds like their road was much easier than yours. And I, I really think you learn through struggle a lot more mm-hmm. And a lot more concretely than if you then learning through like ease or like doing things that just kind of happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they stick with you more. So how can you keep walking us through like so you nannied and mm-hmm. then, you know, what did you do afterward in that climate? Like how are things around you happening? Like, And, and what was your, I guess, men- mentality, uh, your did you have a vision or a you know a goal in mind, or were you just kind of playing it by ear? Yeah, I had no goals at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make enough money to pay rent and support myself for my goals. <laughs> okay. Um, so you weren't like, man, this this the climate of this economical state is just <laughs> so harsh. Like, I need to do this, this, and diversify the nope. what I do for work. Absolutely <laughs> not. Nope. Okay, you're just kind of grinding and going through. Yeah, and I think. So, I mean, I knew, I was aware of the economic reality that mm-hmm. I was surrounded, like, that was life in those days, but so I, I'm sorry, not to interrupt you, but also to note, you're, you decided to stay here in Mass when yeah. your family was oh, in New yeah. York. Yeah. So that's like a big, big thing yeah. too. Yeah, which is funny. I don't know if I've talked to you about this, but I was talking to Jake about it. Yeah, um, yeah go into a little bit of detail about that. It's pretty important. So I um, am reading this. Um, it's a it's a not reading I guess I'm going through a devotional right now that's written by Annie F. Downs and it's called 100 Days to Brave mm-hmm. and so it's a 100 day devotional um, all about exploring um, your bravery and how to be brave um, and one of I think it was probably like a week or two ago now I'm on I think I'm on day 20 today <laughs> um, that was Talking about how a lot of times we don't recognize our own bravery, mm-hmm. um, but other people recognize it in us. So each each day there's like a there's a scripture reading, there's a a short um, 
a short like reading and then there's a prompt kind of at the end. And so the prompt that day was think back on two or three times in your life when you've been, when you may not think of yourself as brave, but when other people um, Mm. might look at that and say that you were brave. And so I started, you know, I was kind of thinking about it all day. And as I did, one of the things that came to mind was was exactly that, was staying here in Massachusetts after I graduated. Because um, in my mind, the way I'd always thought of that was more as I was running away from home. Like I was running away from the pain and the hurt and all of that from being home. Um, part of it was because I had to for at least a period of time. I had to be here through June because I was student teaching. Um but even after that, making a decision to stay here, um, I as I was thinking through that, looking at it from, you know, was that a time when I was brave? And I, I thought about it and I was like, you know, what? I think that was a time when I was brave because I could easily have gone home after after I finally finished student teaching, gone home, spent the summer, you know, at my dad's, holed up in my old bedroom, like just completely um, like pulling myself in and not wanting to step out in anything like living off my dad and you know not making any decisions succumbing to the the pain I guess yeah yeah but instead I chose to stay here Um, maybe not necessarily thinking all the way through what that what the ramifications of that would be financially but I chose to stay here and make my own life. And living here is was a lot more expensive than back oh, home, yeah. right? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, not just cost of living wise, but like if I lived with my dad, I wasn't gonna have to pay rent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or probably buy groceries. Like, mm. um. So I was, you know, making a conscious decision that I was gonna be here, um, and kind of start my own life. Um, so. I think that was definitely, it, it was just one of those things I've been thinking through lately um, where kind of like giving myself a pat on the back, like, oh, you you did that. Like, yeah. well, that's <laughs> good for <awesome>. you. <laughs> it is a big deal. It really is. Yeah. And I imagine you were supported in, from multiple uh, places, your your family, your friends, your, oh, yeah. your diff- various communities supported you in, in that decision yeah i mean i don't yeah i don't remember any flack from anybody (laughs) yeah (laughs) did you have your friend group here still like your college friends or did they all move they all went home okay all of them all but one one went to albany and the rest of them went and lived at home okay so (laughs) so you had to find roommates and all that stuff yep but i mean i because i'd went to i'd gone to school here that was you know i I, even though my like core friends weren't here i knew people that were in the area still yeah so which definitely helped and i still had you know church people Mm -hmm. so Mm. that's great yeah all right so you're nannying uh in the summer of 08 Mm -hmm. and then after the summer, uh, you know, that's when you would potentially start a teaching job, mm-hmm. but not so much for you. Nope. You're not into <laughs> it. Um, what, and what, so what, what's, what's going on? What are you, what are you doing? Um, actually, I also, I think, did we meet that summer? I think we did. We did. 
Yeah. <laughs> we met, and that's about it. You thought I was a doofus, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's absolutely true. <laughs> Jake, this isn't about you. It's not. It it's all doesn't about always me. have to be about you, Jake. It's uh, <laughs> that's a lesson that I'm still learning. <laughs> we know. <laughs> we love um, you anyway. Yeah. But but I had met you, and I was like, oh. She's cute. She's nice. She talks to me. <laughs> um, Did girls not talk to you? Some. <laughs> the, the one, just the ones with poor judgment. Um, uh, what are you trying to say <laughs> about me? Well, Jake, you're digging you, a ditch, bro. <laughs> you, you, you do have bad eyesight. So I don't know. That's absolutely true. <laughs> no, and you, you caught my attention, but we didn't start dating for like a year yep. until a year after that. Um, but we had like run into each other here and there and like we were friendly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I didn't, I I didn't know any of that about you prior to us dating or anything. It was so, um, you know, I, I just thought you were nice and and all that. And, uh, we, we had uh, mutual friends. Um, but yeah, what, what's going on? From summer 08 to summer 09 when we met. Or no, no, when, no, when we started dating, okay. sorry. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was nannying that whole um, summer through, you know, actually through the next summer. Um, working for two different families, um, both of which their youngest children were in our wedding. So that tells you Aww. what... Just how deep those relationships were. They're um, cute. Yeah, they're adorable. Um, so I, in the spring, probably of that, of 09, I had um, someone from my, from Syri- from my home church in Syracuse had come out to visit. They were, they had some, they were doing something in Boston and then they came and took me out to dinner while they were here. Um, and so we were chatting. They they were pretty involved with an orphanage in Haiti. Um, not an or- orphanage, actually, a clinic in Haiti. Um, and they were telling me that the family who runs the clinic were looking for um, a teacher for their kids for the next um, school year so starting like in September or whatever and I was like oh I forgot about this yeah it's like oh that would actually kind of be that's actually really interesting I kind of like that idea mm-hmm. um because I'd be able to use my ed degree but I wouldn't actually have to be managing a classroom of students like this could be kind of cool mm-hmm. um so I started you know thinking about potentially doing that um and was working you know, thinking through a lot of that, not wanting to make any snap decisions because that's that's a that's a big deal to make a, a it would have to have been a year commitment mm-hmm. to living in Haiti for a year. Um, and two things happened that really derailed that. One was that Jake and I started dating, <laughs> and the other one is that the family that I nannied nannied for more. Um, I was, I was done being a nanny. I knew that. I was like, I cannot just stay home mm-hmm. with this kid all day. Mm-hmm. He's cute. He's great. But I need more out of my life. 
Um, and so the dad of that family had a construction company and he was looking for someone. I don't actually know that he needed this, but I think it was more of a he wanted to. Um, oh, he needed it. He needed Eventually, it. He yeah, really he, he did really need it. But at that point, I don't know how much he really needed needed me that like mm-hmm. when it all went down. Um, but he was saying like, I'm looking for someone to do my books. Um, I need someone to help me with like paperwork and whatnot in the office. Is it something? Would you want to do that? And then still kind of help out with the kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So, and which was good because it kind of got me started in the business world. Granted, yeah. I had no idea, A, what I was getting into. And then when I actually started working for a real company. Oh. <laughs> okay, they were yeah. a real company, but they were not. Organized. Yeah, not organized well, not. Um, Room for improvement. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, when I, I guess when I started working for more of an enterprise company, let's say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, there's like policies and procedures and like there's strict ways on how to do the HR department. Um, So I started working for him as well. Um, And it was kind of like, all right, maybe Haiti's not going to be the best choice for me, which in retrospect, I'm very glad I didn't go to Haiti because then um, the next year was when the earthquake happened. Oh, Um, And so after that happened, my boss would always tell, he'd like jokingly be like, you owe me a case of whiskey (laughs) 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 or scotch, actually scotch, Um, because I'm the reason you didn't go to Haiti. I'm like, well, you're part of the reason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't ever correlate the two. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. That's where I first, and the reason he, he was like, you're good at numbers. You can do the books. I'm like, well, those don't really, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, and you had actually just done a, a trip to Ecuador too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The, was it a week? Yep. We were in Ecuador for a week, but I think I had already at that point decided I wasn't going to Haiti. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause we started dating before that and then you abandoned me for a week and then <laughs> And I missed you so much. Do you see what I put up with? <laughs> mm-hmm. Weren't you in Vegas when I was in Ecuador? <laughs> yeah, I was. Please. <laughs> okay. That's funny. But I missed you so much. Okay, you're done. <laughs> Cut all that out. That's funny. So, did you work anything in between there and where you are now? Nope. Okay. So I was with the construction company for a couple of years. Um. And we grew while I was there. Um, you know, it started out just me and my boss and one other guy, um, his like co-owner kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And then um, we grew to probably six or seven employees, I think. Wow, that's um, awesome. And then it was great for a while. <laughs> yeah. And then they kind of hit um, a point where they weren't, um, didn't have any more work coming in. And so my boss was basically like, you should probably start looking for a job. Like we don't have anything on the, you know, we don't have anything else coming in at this point. Um, which was a great way for that to happen because mm-hmm. it gave me the freedom to just wander Boston, not wander Boston, but just be like, I'm going for an interview. See you later. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not have to hide it and not have to like keep a suit in my car or mm-hmm. <laughs> like hide any of that, which was really helpful. So when you were going from like high school to college, you weren't sure what you wanted mm-hmm. to do. What 
what led you to where you are now. Um, yeah. And talk about like how your resume had, what, what was on your resume at the time too, when you were interviewing for jobs around Boston, like how had it beefed up? How could it, you, you know, what, what were you able to show, uh, places that you were interviewing at? Yeah. I think, you know, especially coming from an ed degree, um, having business background on my resume was huge. Like having three years of work in an office was important. Um, because otherwise they're like, what does this girl know about the business world? Mm -hmm. Um, and since also now having been in the hiring position, I think, um, showing that I had been at the same place for a good number of years um, is important, that I'm not just job hopping every, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not moving from job to job each year. Mm -hmm. That's always a red flag for me when I'm looking at resumes. I'm like, how come you haven't lasted somewhere longer than one year? Like what? Mm -hmm. um, not that it's always a bad thing. You never know what's going on. Like, but it's always one of those questions like, hmm, mm -hmm. that's curious. Yeah. Look at patterns. Um, yeah. And I think, Having the math degree was big because, um, especially I was looking at because I what I'd been doing for the construction company was like office manager slash bookkeeper basically. Mm -hmm. um, so having the math degree, I was able to apply for more like bookkeeper kind of positions, um, accounts payable, accounts receivable that I don't think would have even given me a second glance mm -hmm. if I didn't have um, that math background. Um, so when I was applying, it was, you know, bookkeeper, AP, AR, and then I was also looking at just administrative assistant positions because that was essentially what I... A accounts payable, accounts receivable. Okay, yeah. um, I already said the words, so then I said <laughs> the acronym. Sorry. No, um, no, it's okay. <laughs> um. So then I was looking at administrative assistant positions, too, because even though I was technically like the office manager, I was essentially an administrative assistant um, just for a group of people rather than a person. Mm -hmm. um, Did most of, most of these positions you applied and interviewed for require a uh, bachelor's degree? Mm -hmm. Yep. So that was the first step. But yep. then that experience carried you further. Mm-hmm. Must be a great. It's definitely a great way to learn. Like small business is such a. Like you you see so many parts of, the world yeah. of business because you're doing all the things because yeah. it's, there isn't a person for each thing. Yeah, all hands on deck. Mm -hmm. And you talked about this a little earlier with the small business, but one thing I definitely learned, and I don't think I've said this on the podcast yet, but um, even if you work for a giant company you learn that nobody has their crap together. Yeah. Yep. And sometimes, especially in giant companies, uh -huh. you're like, because everybody in giant companies assumes somebody else is taking care of it. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's very, it's a weird sort of, when you enter the working world, you have to learn that like, you have to do things on your own mm -hmm. and like be the thinking mind sometimes. Yeah. And that's something I, um, and I don't know if this is just, you know, my curious nature or what, but the way I, I've always approached work, um, and I, it could have been because this is the way my first boss was, and this is the way my boss, my 
first and current boss at uh, the accounting firm is, um, they're, they were both and are um, visionary type people. They, um, they're big thinkers. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily executors. Um, and I'm a great executor. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I don't like you to tell me how to execute. Um, so I've worked very well with both of them because they would be like, here's this problem, <laughs> fix it. Yeah. And I'm going to go do the research to figure out what's the best way to make that happen. And I'm going to go, then I'm going to go take care of it. Um, but I think that comes back to the whole curiosity piece of, I don't need someone to tell me how to do it. I'm, I'm okay figuring it out for myself. And it's one of my biggest frustrations with, um, some of the people we've, I've worked with in recent years is they just want somebody to hold their hand and tell them how to do it every step of the way. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's not probably ever going to be the way of the world in business because it costs too much money and Mm -hmm. time. Um, and I, I get that there's different personalities, but I think if you're going to be successful, there has to be that drive, um, and that curiosity to say, like, I'm I'm not necessarily I don't need someone to hold my hand. Mm-hmm. If you want to give me direction, fine, but I don't I'm willing to go figure this out by myself. That's a that's a great tip. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I, I'm I'm kinda I don't the, I don't want to, I want to say I'm the opposite, but I'm someone that does need some direction at times, especially if it's something very new to me and that I'm not familiar with. If it's well, even sometimes things that I am more familiar with, like <laughs> if I'm building something or using a tool that I've never used before, I'll ask some somebody, I'll find a resource. I'd rather find some, like an actual person that I know that has experience with this or that can guide me to with someone, just someone with experience to show me how to use it. I need mm-hmm. uh, one-on-one work. I you YouTube does a little bit for me, but it's uh, yeah, it's just the way my brain works. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of actually, that's a good segue, uh, th- an unintentional segue to one of what I wanted to ask is that's what I learned from the education part of my degree is how I learn. I think I've talked about that in uh, previous episodes. Do you think you use your education, the education part of your degree, in any way today? whether it's in work, in life, in the extra stuff that you do. I joked my boss a lot that I'm using my ed degree when I'm trying to manage a room full of executives. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, I hope they're listening. People um, management. Yeah. Um, but I have done – so I, I've definitely used it in some of the training classes that I've done. Um, trying to keep in mind that some people are – visual you know some people are more tactile they need to be doing the thing um some people are auditory um so you know trying to keep that in mind whenever i'm doing training sessions for different tools we'll always have like a a guide a written guide of this is how you do the thing if you need to reference it later but we're also all going to sit down around like you're all going to have your computers and we're going to walk through this step by step and Mm -hmm. i'm going to tell you how to do it so that you can hear it you're going to see it on the paper so you can if you need, if you're visual and we're going to actually do it so that if you're a, a tactile person that you're actually getting that too. Um, 
all the learning styles. (laughs) It's a lot easier to do in that kind of setting than I think it, and a lot more expected, I think, in that kind of setting than it was in the classroom. Um, You probably have more time. You have way more time. um, And some of the, you know, some of the stuff you're teaching in school is like, phonics like how do you make phonics tactile like like you can make math is super concrete right you can make math tactile pretty easy you get those number cubes and you have five and you take away two and how many are left three um but it's hard with a lot of the stuff you're learning in school to to kind of follow those same steps I think and as a teacher you're preparing eight lessons a day or whatever so you don't have as much time yeah Props to teachers mm-hmm. because they have to put up with a lot of crap. I get to leave my work at the office most of the time, so yeah. <laughs> big plus. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So you're wicked smart. Um, what are you doing to today? What are you doing in life right now? Besides what we've talked about, uh, you're you're working. You're a you're a loving wife. <laughs> you. You got a you got a cute dog at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're involved in church. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Are you answering her question I know. for her, Jake? No, no, no. I was <laughs> <laughs> just wondering the same thing. Well, uh, talk about your volunteering or mm-hmm. other your social media. Uh, you're you're involved with. Uh, you already talked about Salesforce, but there's mm-hmm. other like groups that you communicate with whether it's for work or for just um uh, i don't know yeah for fun or general well-being yeah so i have been volunteering for the last couple years um at one of the local nonprofits here in town that does a homework club um working with kids third through fifth grade, um, after school, one day a week, just helping them with homework and, um, what's it called? Oh, the nonprofit Mm -hmm. Beverly bootstraps. Um, so, you know, sitting with kids, helping them through their homework, kind of being a mentor or tutor for them, um, a safe place for them to come after school. Cause a lot of them, most of the kids that are there don't have great home lives. Um, so that's been it's been cool to see some of the stories um, there, and it, since I've been there two years now, seeing some of the kids um, mature from last year to this year was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in a book club, hmm. which I love. <laughs> I'm I Did love you have reading book clubs. I have an online book club and a real life book club. <laughs> nice. <laughs> a tactile um, book club. <laughs> <laughs> So this is their online one. Do they only use Kindles? In no. One and then no. <laughs> no. Um, but I've really enjoyed. I love reading. Um, and I've started to, in the last couple of years, set some goals for myself around like books that I want to read or like certain kinds of books that I want to read for the year. Um, which has definitely changed the way that I read. Like I'm getting more outside of my comfort zone of typical fiction and some really cool story, memoir stories and yeah, some like challenging nonfiction growth and business and that kind of thing. She's even made me enjoy reading. 
Yeah, it's How about you that? Even believe it. I don't know if it's an age thing, but I started reading too and like listening to more audiobooks, and it's just amazing. And I don't know. You can learn so much. Well, it's weird because takes forever. I don't know why they don't just tell you this in school, but <laughs> well, because they force you to. It's like yeah. no, you have to. Mm. But if they were to just say like. We're transplanting the knowledge of like hundreds of people into your brain in a short period of time. <laughs> That's a whole different way to see it. <laughs> I mean, as someone who loves to read, I did not read most of the books I had freshman year, yeah. CCC class at Gordon. Yeah. Most of those books I didn't finish. Some of them I never started. CCC is like a Christian. Culture, like, Christian. Cult- culture, character, Christianity. It was like a character building like class for freshmen. Initial like freshman like, seminar kind of a thing. Yeah. My my professor didn't show up for half the classes. But all right, the you talked about why they didn't teach us that in school. Well, I'm referencing a this uh, screenshot I took of a picture I found online from <laughs> no, from a it's from some uh some textbook for grade school. I don't know what grade, but it's a looks like a social studies history book or whatever. Uh, it looks like chapter eight. Moving out. When the European settlers arrived, they needed land to live on. The First Nations peoples agreed to move to different areas to make room oh, for the no. new settlements. <laughs> Can our listeners tell us what's wrong with that? <laughs> well, uh, I feel like it's it's got to be hard to... Dumb down sounds like a bad way to put it, but dumb down history and that kind of thing to teach kids so that they at least have some foundation of history to build on later in life. But like, there's dumb down, and then there's just wrong. yeah. But what are you gonna tell a what are you gonna tell a seven year old that the the settlers came in and killed all the Indians and sent them away? Like maybe they, a lot of disease too, you know. But yeah, that we brought over. <laughs> yeah, but. I that's why we're getting so soft. I always think the truth is the way to go. I think you could explain the truth better to a seven year old and they would learn yeah. it better than like lying and to not them. Paint and Columbus then, as yeah. a hero. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Is this a, is this a new episode that we're starting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't you know. You did it. I, I yeah. Know, that's Jake. your fault, Jake. <laughs> well, it was somewhere related. <laughs> I digress mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking I about don't before know. that? Oh, just your... Uh, All the things that I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, What else do I do? <laughs> I want to know about... Oh, you talked about books. I have two final questions. Yeah. All right, and then we can wrap it up with uh, another... Two-minute two drill. Minute drill. <laughs> I'm so scared. That's fine. It's going <laughs> to be great. Don't be scared. It's be great. Um, it's the easiest questions you'll ever answer. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, but one is um, books... Give us some books, some readers, your books, maybe cool fiction ones and then business ones that you like if you've read those or have any in mind. Um, well, I will say one of the – I didn't talk about this at all. But for those of you who have heard of the Enneagram, that has been one of the things that's really um, kind of changed the way I look at myself in the last um, six months probably. Is that the one I took? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But there's a book called The Road Back to You. Um and it, it's basically, um, it, it talks about all of the different Enneagram types. Um, do, you want me to te- do you want me to talk about what the Enneagram is? Sure, yeah. And can you spell it? Uh, like Enya? E- was that Enya group? E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Okay. Enneagram. Um, 
So it's a personality, not person, uh, personality-ish kind of thing, like Myers-Briggs, along those lines. But it's been around for years. Um, mm. And it's there are nine different types. Um, so the, the types are a one is a perfectionist, a two is a helper, three is achiever, four is... You don't remember what you are? Oh. It's like the unique one. Oh, I'm the, the special snowflake. I, I, I one. told him when I I told him he was a special snowflake. Something about being a unique. Yeah. I can't remember what five is, um, but very introverted, like thinker. Is a thinker. No, because I I think I can get it. Okay. Six is the loyalist. Um, seven is the enthusiast. Eight is the some kind of leader. Something and nine is, um, like the mediator. Okay. And I, if you had asked me what type I was going into this, I would have told you I was a type three, that I was an achiever. Um, but what I've found in doing a lot of this, I'm actually a six, I think. What's that? A loyalist. So, um, but it's the, the, the six, type six lives with a lot of um, fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you would probably ever guess that. Um, well, maybe you would. Um, would. The whole like writing thing because I'm afraid of putting the wrong words out there. Um, picking songs for worship sometimes. I'm like, but what if this one song doesn't work? And it's <laughs> it, like I've had to start telling myself like, so what? One song didn't work great. Like mm-hmm. the other songs you played were fine. Like mm-hmm. people were worshiping. At the end of the day, they're still worshiping God. So what does it matter? Yeah. Um, even if your theme didn't perfectly flow from one thing to another, <laughs> like letting go of some of that. Um, but that's exactly what it's helped me to do is just recognizing in myself when I'm um, recognizing more of the way that I think and the way I respond to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then recognizing when I may not be doing so in a healthy way and stepping back from that and being able to um, let some things go, um, which has been really helpful for me. Yeah. So the road back to you would be it's Ian Morgan Cron and... Suzanne Stabile, I think. It, I don't know. I'm not sure how you say her last name, but that's one book I would highly recommend. Um, some fiction. I just reread Anne of Green Gables recently, and it was like my I think childhood. It's Anne of Seven Gables. <laughs> it's definitely not. <laughs> uh, what, what did we combine it with? Like Anne of the House of the Seven Green Gables or something? Yeah, like that? something like that. You guys are the worst. <laughs> but it brought back like childhood memories reading that. So. Aww. Um, they don't. They should mash up books like they do with. No, <laughs> they shouldn't. They really shouldn't. There's enough books already out there. We don't need to do that too. Yeah. Um, I've actually been doing. Somebody tagged me on Facebook last week, and the, like, I'm sharing one book a day of the books that like my most favorite books of all time. So it's forced me to go back and be like, what are my favorite books of all time? Um, another one that I really enjoyed was is. I don't know that enjoyed is the right word, but it was a great book. Is The Hiding Place by Corey Tenboom. Um and she was um alive during the Holocaust and she was do you know her have you heard of her no. at all? Um so she was um she and her sister actually ended up in a concentration camp at one point, but they were involved in like um hiding and um protecting Jews and trying to get them out of um the country or out of the country the country yeah yeah so 
that was a good one. And then my other question is, uh, what's the future hold for Amanda? Like, what are your yeah. hopes and dreams? So this is funny because I was just on a career panel a couple of days ago, and they're like, "So, what do you, where do you see yourself in the next five to ten years?" And I was like, uh. "No, and it doesn't even have to be that. It could be forty years from now. Like, like, what do you, what are your oh, hopes? Forty years? Yeah, we're retired at the lake. By we, you mean you and me, right? Is that retirement? Yeah, yeah. that's retirement. Forty years, we're retired at the lake. What do you think? I'm down. So my family has a lake house in Northeast Pennsylvania. That's well, hopefully I'm moved there too. Yeah. Not at, at your you place. You can have the one yeah. next door. I'm sure it'll sell by then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I probably have to rebuild <laughs> it, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. I'll, I'll for hope. sure. I hope. Um, um, we can build one giant dock. Yeah. Oh, that would be sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, so this lake house has been in my, or the property's been in my family for long time. 50 huh? years probably. Cool. Um, my great grandparents bought it and then sold it to my grandparents. And I thought they bought it for like forty dollars. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> it couldn't have been. I mean, there was a trailer on it when they bought it. It's not like yeah. And now my parents or it's my grandparents about ten twenty years ago, twenty almost thirty years ago, um, rebuilt, took the trailer down and kind of like built their retirement home there. So it's that's our like refuge. I feel like yeah. It's our getaway. Mm-hmm. It's so quiet there. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. So is that, that's the dream? That's the, yeah, 40 years retired to like. That's great. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think in the, like the years between now and then, <laughs> um, work-wise, um, I'm just starting to figure, you know, I, I've just become a manager recently, so starting to figure out that, um relationship I guess and what it looks like to manage well and what kind of manager do I want to be and how um I'm finding that I manage a lot like my boss manages which I I found myself checking in with um the the person that I work with and making sure like does this work for you does me Mm -hmm. just telling you figure out this thing and you having to go figure out the thing is that okay like Mm -hmm. is that does that work for you do you need more direction because i'm happy to give it but this is just what i'm used to and i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> you just like you have to tell me um and giving feedback well um when things may not have gone exactly as planned um taking there something happened recently where we were making some changes and um all of our our systems now integrate, so they all talk to each other. So when we change something in one place, it means we have to change it in a lot of places. And we missed one of the places we needed to change it. And so when we finally turned everything on and ran it, um, a bunch of our a bunch of things in our time and billing system shut down. And so it was like, oh, no, everything's broken. What do we do now? <laughs> and my boss later was joking. He's like, Amanda broke Salesforce. Amanda broke Salesforce. <laughs> like, I did not. Actually, I was like, technically – Eric broke Salesforce, but I told him to do it. So, yes, it's my fault. So, like, <laughs> recognizing that you may not be the one doing it, but at the end of the day, you're responsible. So, taking the blame for something. Yeah. Um, That's funny. Yeah. Um, and so, we're starting to build a team. We're look- We're hiring a CIO right now. So, what is it? Hiring a CIO, Chief, Chief Information Officer. I knew that one. And then um, I'll end up – that'll kind of change our reporting structure. So – I'll end up reporting to that person um, 
and then kind of starting to build a team underneath me of people who can help to support our systems and applications and data and whatnot, which is kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I love hearing about all this. This is great. (laughs) Thank you for showing informative. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. I'm 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 trying to set the right um, timer sound. The ducks. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 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 All right. So people probably already heard that, but whatever. All right, folks. Is that the Kim Possible one or the Power Rangers? Oh, it's Power Rangers. Power Rangers, bro. Okay. All right, folks. It is time for the two-minute two drill. drill. Yay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've been wanting to use that for a while. All right. This is how it's going to work. I'm just going to ask you questions quickly, and you answer them. Okay. <laughs> I got a two-minute timer set, so you know, if, if you don't answer them all, we'll probably just ask the rest that's what you did with matt yeah (laughs) and they're all random okay yeah all right are you ready as ready as i'm gonna be all right i'll start when you finish the first question okay if you could only take uh (laughs) i was gonna i was gonna make up the one on the spot because i was curious about it but if you could only take one book on an island that you were stuck on for the rest of your life what would it be Anne Green Gables. Who's your favorite author? Um, your main is very difficult. I don't do favorites well. Enneagram sixes don't do favorites well. Mm-hmm. Um, C.S. Lewis. All right. What's your favorite cereal? Frosted Flakes. Colgate or Crest? Neither. Which one? Sensodyne. Sensodyne. Nice. Ponytail or bun for the rest of your life? Bun. A hundred degree day or a twenty degree day? Twenty. Wow. Pen, pens or pencils? Pens. Well, what am I doing? If it's you can math? only pick one ever in existence. Oh. <laughs> I can't do math with a pen. Everything else, I want a pen. Okay. Okay. <laughs> one essential <laughs> item for work. Like, what's one thing everyone needs for work? Um. For your work, your line of work. I think a good notebook. Okay. If you had to be one forever, would you be a follower or a leader? Leader. Favorite pizza topping? Ham and bacon and pineapple. Okay. Best way to relieve stress for you? What's Sitting in the sun in my backyard or at the beach. What's what's your favorite sports team? New York Giants. Jordan? Well, or Syracuse. You gotta pick one, Amanda. Uh, my family's gonna hate me, New York Giants. All right, Jordan or LeBron? Neither. Jordan. All right, are aliens real? No. Did OJ do it? Of course. Who's gonna win the World Cup? Argentina. Christina or Brittany? Oh. <laughs> I don't want to say it, but Brittany. Cool Ranch or Nacho? Cool Ranch. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Harry Potter or Katniss Everdeen? Oh, yeah. Katniss. All right, coffee. Oh, we're done. Coffee or tea? Yeah. Coffee. Okay. Let's let's finish the round. How many did I get through? Um, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, six. Twenty-one. Not many. That's okay, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> I right. froze. Who's your Hollywood crush? 
You can say it. it doesn't matter if this is a safe room, Amanda. Yeah, it's okay. It's I can't think of his name right now. La La Land. Oh, oh Ryan Gosling. Thank you. It's a it's always Ryan something. He's, he's pretty. He's pretty. Sewing or knitting? Knitting. Cats or dogs? You already asked that. Oh, I did? Yeah. I said dogs or cats earlier. <laughs> this is a different question. <laughs> uh, that was me. Um, steak or fish? Steak. Calculus or geometry? Geometry. Really? You hate geometry. No, I love geometry. because oh. it's, it's concrete. Yeah. Coke or Pepsi? Mm. Coke. Who's your biggest female influence today? Oh, my mom? Mac or PC? Only one can ever exist ever. Does that include iPhone? Mm-hmm. Then Mac. Strahan or Odell Beckham? <laughs> oh, Strahan. Okay. Uh, what's one country you'd like to visit? Poland. Other than Poland. Iceland. Iceland, okay. Oh. Glasses or contacts forever? Glasses. Favorite party food? Bacon wrapped dates with goat cheese in the middle. Nice. That's a good one. I was going to say, she makes a mean buffalo dip. That's mm. what Jake started a mouth over there. I saw it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your favorite sport to eat to? Football. And who's your favorite musician or band? Mm. I got to keep with the favorites. Yep. That's why we did it. We're trying to stump you. <laughs> Lately? Yeah. It's been I've been listening to a lot of Dave Barnes recently, but we also just went to see him live, so that might be why. Okay. I mean, he's been He steady. I've been listening to him for a long time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And would you This is the ultimate question. Yeah. Would you want to fight 100 duck-sized horses or <laughs> one horse-sized duck? I guess 100 duck-sized horses. Okay. Yeah. Because can, kick can you on, imagine kick the size of a beak on a horse-sized <laughs> duck? Like, I don't want that. It's <laughs> a big old duck. Yeah. But then I was thinking about whether can it fly? if duck-sized horses, like, would oh. their hooves hurt when oh. I hit? If they were to step on my feet, would their hooves hurt? Probably well, they'd not because they're little. They'd be a little duck. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> like I'd, so I think I'd rather. Just wear steel toe. Yeah. Yeah. And their mouths would be so small, I don't think they could get it open wide and enough can... to really bite me too hard. Yeah. You could definitely outrun it, too. Yeah, like you true. could outrun the little guys. Well, ducks don't move very quickly, so I feel like I could totally outrun a horse-sized duck. Yeah, but he can probably fly. Oh, that's true. No. It's just the size, not the characteristics. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why wouldn't it be both? So it's a it's a little mini horse with a bill and wings. <laughs> this Wouldn't is, that just be a duck? This is probably the a biggest takeaway from the entire episode. <laughs> All right. I'm. I really appreciate you coming on, Amanda. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Thank thanks. you for all your tips and tricks and all opening up to us. Yeah. Thank you, my love. Oh my gosh, uh, cut that out. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we'll see you guys. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can yeah. reach us at Life After po- College Podcast. <laughs> Life After Podcast College. <laughs> <laughs> just, just type whatever. It's a long email. Life after college podcast at gmail.com. If you have questions for Amanda, you can email them there and I will. Or you can reach me on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's your Twitter handle? AG Matzinski. Good luck spelling it. <laughs> AG M A T C Z Y N S K I. Uh, is that your. Yeah, it's 
you, you're on that a lot. And, mm-hmm. and cool. um, yeah, we're on. Oh, yeah, we should get Twitter, right? Probably. <laughs> we probably I, have. I've one thought one. about it. It's like, what, would we use it? Like, I don't know. Ah, whatever. We'll figure it out. Uh, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Instagram, Instagram, and Facebook. Find and us there. Fut- in the future, Twitter. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. All right. MySpace. No. No. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. All right. Adios. Bye. Bye.